This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. We're here. You're here. I'm so excited today. Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Want to welcome our listeners to KSLR and, of course, our loyal podcast listeners. So glad you guys are with us today. You know that I love talking to difference makers. It is a joy, and it's just awesome to see what God is doing in and around San Antonio, in New Braunfels, in Texas, in the United States, and around the world. And we've got some difference makers today that are truly a blessing around the world. I want to introduce you and welcome to the show, Elisha and Vimbai. I want to welcome you, and then I'm going to try to say your last name. So, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> Nyandoro. Oh, great. Nyandoro. You're lying. You're not telling the truth. You're not telling the truth. Elisha, say it like it really is. And no, that's I, the Texan way. That's the Texan way. All right. What is the uh, Zimbabwe correct way? So that is Nyandoro. Yeah, exactly what I said. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. So let me give a little background, and then I want to talk about how God has called you and mm. equipped you to make a difference and that you're in Texas for the very first time. Yes. So we uh, here's the deal. Here's some of the deal. Elisha and Vimbai are YWAM missionaries in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands. And uh, that is where they, um, my daughter Samantha, if you've seen on the show, uh, went and went through YWAM discipleship training and outreach uh, and was just awesome, just a blessing. She's here off camera today, so is my wife, Chris. And uh, Elisha and Vimbai were the leaders of this YWAM uh, discipleship training school and were just such a blessing to her. So just as a dad, I want to say thank you so much. And then um, and then you're in America of all places. Of this all is things. this is amazing because <laughs> you've, you're from Zimbabwe, yes. but you're doing mission work in Amsterdam. And now you're here in America with us. In and Texas. so in Texas, <laughs> yes. And you've been to America some other times, but yeah. never to Texas. Never to Texas. Never. So what did we have to do last night, Elisha? We had to take you out to eat. I mean. Yes. So we had to have the Texan experience. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, what do you call it again? Chicken meat. Chicken fried chicken steak. Chicken fried steak. It's kind of like chicken fried steak. <laughs> 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 what kind of chicken? fried steak looks like <laughs> but i really enjoyed it. it was just amazing to just have this texan experience well so, so thanks to you for, for taking us there we're yeah. going to try to give you the texas experience we've already pointed out bucky's the world's largest convenience store yeah. and uh we're going to either take you to whataburger or you know chick-fil-a i know it's not a texas thing but it's definitely a texas thing too so we're going to go somewhere continue to uh, give you guys texas mm. texas experiences the uh, chicken fried steak was at alamo cafe which is uh where we went i noticed the gravy was a bit much for you yeah the gravy not was for a us bit. yeah the gravy was a bit also my viewers i was talking a lot so it had a bit gotten cold so oh it got a little Does cold it? okay yeah we got him talking and chatting a little bit and uh i could see where it'd get a little cold so but we had a great time and we're really excited and i want to talk about um Really, just God's calling on your life. I think it's really interesting. I mean, you grew up in Zimbabwe and then for God to call you to go mm. elsewhere. Can you just tell us kind of some of the story of how that happened? Yeah, it's a long story, a long journey, but I'll try just to be to be brief. I think the sense of God's don't, don't bother being brief. Okay. <laughs> I love a long story. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The understanding of God calling us into ministry was very clear, I think, for me at a young age. When? I want to hear about that call. So uh, when I listened to my dad tell me about... So when I was born, uh, one of the leaders in our church uh, had a prophecy oh. over my life that was then, that he had a sense that God would call me into full-time ministry. Wow. And so my dad kept that word for a lot of... Yes, and he will share it here and there, but he, he did not push me into anything or to come like say, oh, this is your destiny, then mm. therefore walk in it. But I think he kept it just like what um, 
what's also was it uh, Joseph's dad? Yeah, did when he told him about the dream that he kept mm. kept it to his heart. Yeah, and so after school, I decided to do business, and so I just felt like I wanted to do my own thing. I loved being my own boss. Yeah. And so then after high school, I started doing business, which also was going well on many different levels. Wow. But, you know, when God has his hand on you and wants you to lead you into a certain direction, sometimes he can frustrate what you think you know <laughs> to get you to the place where he wants you to be. So I see my story somehow as the story of Jonah. Ah, you were running a little bit. Running, running a little bit, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing Zimbabwe is landlocked. It's landlocked. So, I, I, <laughs> so no so whales. I, 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 no, no whales, no fish. So that was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. So you were running for a while. Running for a while. Also because I did not really want to go to seminary. Because also during that time, a lot of our pastors were also really struggling just to get by. Mm. So they were not being taken care of in the way that you could appreciate the life, of, the life they, were, they were leading. Yeah. So for me, just to find myself part of that story. I did not feel like that's what God had for me. Yeah. So that was part of my running away as well to say, I don't want to be a miserable pastor like what these guys are experiencing. Yeah. Did they seem miserable, yes, the pastors? They, well, they did not, but you can just see that, I think, the obedience to God. Yeah. But you can also see that, you know, there are also life questions around how people need to live mm. that we also not what. Yeah, that was not really being done in a good way. Yeah. So you also recognize the struggles that they were going through. And so, but they were committed to saving God, knowing right. that God's calling was upon their life. So I think that was an inspiration thing to see them pressing on and pushing yeah. through, even in the midst of the hardships. Yeah. But also as an outsider looking at that, you also begin right. to, to evaluate for yourself to say, do I want to sign up for something like this or not? Right. And so, run. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a later stage when we got married with my wife. You're yeah. still running? Still running. Yeah. And yeah, things. Vimba is laughing. Yeah, she's laughing. She saw you run. <laughs> she, she saw run me run. <laughs> so she did not even know the story. That's the interesting thing. And so one day, so with our business and things that we're doing, everything just started falling apart. It's like you tried no. this, everything is not working. And I remember she asked me one question and she said, I'm not going to ask you again. Could it be that you are running away from God's calling? Whoa. Yeah, but you saw, you see, as a, as a guy, you always want to be defensive and justify all sort of things. And you said, no, no, I'm just asking, and I'm not going to ask you again, but I just wait, maybe something food for thought for you, that maybe all this is happening because you're running away from God. All but, right. Hold on. Let's put this, just let's put a pause on this Vimbai <laughs> for a second. How did you recognize, how did you feel like, did you know for a while that he'd been running from God? Uh, actually, I, I had heard a few times that, of course, he has a call, but he's kind of like uh, not wanting to accept that. Yeah. So that is why I ended up asking, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, and you running, running away from something, then that's when he got to explain everything to me. He'd explain. So then you explain. Later on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, so go ahead. I'm just curious. That's a wise wife yeah, wise to wife. sort of put it the Stand way you did. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. to check. And not to put him on the defensive <laughs> no. too much. Yeah. Well done. And yeah. also not wanting, of course, to put much pressure on him, but to really hear it from him. Right, mm. yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. All right, and so what happened? And so, yeah, things continued to fall apart, and we went through... Yeah, some very difficult times okay. in our lives where you just kind of wonder, okay, are we cursed or what's going on with us? <laughs> yeah. You know, you try this, it doesn't work. You try this, it doesn't okay. work. All doors seem to be closing on every... every. I angle. know I know, it's not super important <laughs> to the story, but I just like context of what, what kind of business were you doing? So I was also doing like video filming and okay. photography, oh. but also... Also doing that like like a middleman kind of thing, okay. outsourcing for companies. Okay, all right, I got it. Okay, yeah, back yeah. to the story. I'm just very <laughs> curious what uh, what yeah, kind of yeah, business yeah. you would have mm. been doing. Okay, yeah, just doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay, mm. so it's nothing's happening, nothing's going, nothing's happening. Yeah. Vimbai brings this up, mm -hmm. and then how do you respond to that? I mean, do you pray? Do you what? Do, how do you deal with it? Well, I did not pray because I was not. <laughs> yeah, that was not. That's not something that I was really thinking to yeah. shift towards. 
So I, I continued running for a while. Okay. But then things just got worse. Okay. And so I just came to that place where I just recognized that, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. If I yeah. continue running, I'm just going to run forever. And so I have to stop. Yeah. And so I went back and we started talking, okay, what could be our response to this? What else can we do then? So then, of course, my church back home, we also have a seminary, Bible college. Okay. Yeah. So that was another option that we could go and then train and then come back and become a pastor. So, like, we're talking about where's your home? Like, give us the name in, of the village in Zimbabwe, or town or city. So or? I come from Gweru. Okay. We come from Gweru, which okay. is the third large city in, okay. in Zimbabwe. Right. Okay. And you were somewhere else, though? We I mean, were still we we're living in Gweru. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So you decided to return to your church in no, we, seminary? We, or, no, oh. we we're still in our church, so we're okay. not going to seminary. Okay. So, we, but then our church has a seminary gotcha. in in the capital city in Harare. Oh, so then we're supposed oh. then to apply, and then if we're accepted, then I will go for a three-year training theology with our church. Were you kind of hoping that you wouldn't be accepted? <laughs> yeah, I was hoping I wouldn't have accepted, <laughs> but it was, it was not also my preference in that sense. Yeah. So then even though it was one of the options, we started looking around to say, well, could there be any other ways to move ahead. Yeah. And so as we were searching and inquiring, that's how we f- then came and found out about YWAM. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so as a missionary organization and what they were offering and just the whole structure to which they operate, yeah. I felt like, well, this could be good for me. So since I don't like to have a boss over my head, I think this could be a good next step. Okay. And so we applied and we went through the whole process of raising the funds. It was a really a step for faith. So oh, we, yeah. had, we had to sell everything we had, wow. trying to raise money to be able to go and do the discipleship training school in South Africa. Wow. Okay. All right. Vimbai, what were you thinking about at this time with all this stuff going on? Were you excited? Were you scared? Were you? What were you? I think uh, deep down in my mind, I actually was ready to go for what God is calling us to do. It was best to go where God wants us to go yeah. other than doing our own things because it was really not working out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after the prayer and fasting and things like that, things started getting clear for us. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we were ready for the mission field. So you did do a lot of prayer and fasting. So much. Yeah. So much. Yeah, that was months and months of prayers and fasting. What kind of how how long were these fasts that you would do? What are we uh, talking about? Usually, when we fast, we go from uh, midnight until six p.m. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's an absolute fast without anything. We yeah, even water. But of course, you can take water. But uh, me and Elisha, <laughs> there was no water. We were seeking God to hear His direction. Wow. Yes, we wanted to be where He wants us to be. Right. Yeah. Mm. So those fasts really like centered and focused your mind to hear the voice of God? Is yes, yeah. yes. And we really felt like uh, we were now following God, what he wanted us to do for him. Yeah. And mm. the path became so much clearer for us. What a huge step of faith. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 selling everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you decide on South Africa? Is that just where yeah, you felt? That was the more immediate place, but okay. also financially we yeah. know it could not stretch as much. Right. And so it was also just across the border mm-hmm. yeah. to us. So we're not like taking a major, major huge step right. into the unknown. So it was more like, okay, we are close to home. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what did God do there? How did God affirm that that was the right place where you're supposed to, supposed to be? Yeah, I think it was also after our details, actually, because when, okay. we did, when we did our details as well, of course, there was a process of hearing God, learning to know more about God. But also the, the, the school we did was more with also young, it's just mostly also young, young, young students as well. Okay. So it was also diverse. Yeah. But yeah. So it, is, it, it had its own dynamics in that sense. But we also felt like God was stretching us for something that he was leading us into. Oh, Even though in that moment, you might not be fully aware of it. Yeah. But I think just that perseverance of saying, okay, this is the step. It might not fit into the ideal of what we thought thought it would be. Yeah. But at the same time, what could God be doing in the midst of that? So after our DTS, one of our elders on the base in South Africa, we, where we were, also said, well, I think part of your experience in your DTS was quite challenging. Mm. So I would like you to come and staff with me 
he was leading another DTS, which is the Crossroads DTS. Oh, so that was an experience okay. which is more leading people who are more mature or grown up. Right. So I think being in that, in that environment and, f- and helping facilitate discipleship for others who are much more in our age group as well yeah. really opened up a whole new dimension and understanding for what discipleship was. Right, okay. And so that was also a good experience for us, but I think that also set us on this whole new trajectory uh-huh. of really recognizing, okay, there is something for God in us here. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And just uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission, mm-hmm. and they're worldwide. They're headquarters in Kona, Hawaii, yeah. and they are just, I mean, almost all literally, over, all they're over just the all over the world, mm-hmm. including the United States, mm-hmm. uh, tons of bases, and then disciple DTS that we're mm-hmm. referring to is Discipleship Training, Training School, school. Mm-hmm. and that's what both my son David did uh, and was with a younger group, mm-hmm. and then... Um, and that was in Harpenden in the United Kingdom. And then he told Samantha, hey, I think you ought to pray again about going. And so then it kind of just worked out the way God opened the doors mm-hmm. was for her to go to your crossroads. crossroads yes. yes. Okay. So uh, go back to your story then. So then after that. Then after we staffed that school, the following year we were asked to lead the school. Because wow. uh, this elder was wanted to step down. Yeah. And so then we co-led with another guy. Okay. for that school, and then the following year after, we led it, both myself and Vimai. Okay. So then that in itself really affirmed a lot of things for us in terms of knowing, okay, certain things begin to awaken within me that already God had been building and establishing for me in terms of just stepping into spiritual leadership. And so having this opportunity to lead this diverse of people, like our second school that we led, I think we had five African pastors, and so being able to facilitate wow. discipleship for five African pastors, that's quite a huge toll order. <laughs> tell us why. What's the – tell us about the – yeah, that's quite a challenge, I would imagine. Yeah, so because the concept of mission and how it's designed and how we live, it's a bit different to the expectations that most of our African pastors have Okay. in terms of being served and being the men. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so they showed up. So they showed up, yeah. and then the whole thing, like simple things like work duties where you have to clean the bathrooms, yeah. uh, do all the menial things. That's not something that's very popular in our African context, especially for the men. Yeah. It's mostly seen as a, as a woman work. Okay. And so being able to do that was quite humbling for most of them. A struggle initially, but in the end, they also saw the value of just that servant leadership through some of those particular things. How did you help them to understand that? Yeah, it was really a stretch yeah. to some degree. It took a while, but also it was just, hey, this is what you've signed up for. <laughs> and so this is what you have paid for. So we are giving you value for your money. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, but also because I understood them. And yeah. so I knew the language and how to facilitate that for them. So I think being an African myself and being in this environment, that has also shifted my own worldview and understanding of how to do things. Yeah. So I think it also created the backbone of facilitating a right process for them to, okay. to come to that place of understanding as well. So it was not just like, okay, this is what it is, but yeah. I think there was also the grace within that process. Right. That was also, that ended up being a blessing for them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and you, I, I think it's pretty amazing because mm-hmm. if that's five African pastors mm-hmm. that you, you guys impacted and mm-hmm. influenced and then they go back or wherever they go mm-hmm. on into ministry, yeah. I mean, that's incredible that God would send you five yeah, pastors. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was a huge blessing, but also a huge challenge right. and a growth for us. Right, mm-hmm. right. So you saw yourself growing as a spiritual yeah, yeah, yeah. leader mm-hmm. who were all of a sudden, I mean, in charge of these mm-hmm. pastors yeah, yeah, yeah. and God affirmed that. God affirmed that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an affirming season for us as well. Oh, that's good. That's good. So <laughs> yeah. what happened next from there? So what happened next after that also with the last school we led, I was also asked by the base to, to lead the operational side of the base, okay. which is the day to day. So our base was going through some tough challenges financially as well. So then through that, I put up a team and we, brought some reforms structurally to just help us come out of that, which also by God's grace, we were able to do that. Wow. And so after that season, we also felt like our time in South Africa was, the grace was lifting as well. So we felt like God was leading us to something else. 
but also within that journey, we're also helping one uh, Korean pastor in South Africa to do ministries in the slums. Oh. And so we started a children's ministry with him there. And so it grew to, the, to a youth uh, group. And then we also planted a church in that area. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So, man. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were working with kids and youth in the slums? In the slums, yeah. What is that like? Can you just sort of explain for us yeah. and our American mindset? Yeah, it's a very poor farming community. So yeah. they are very marginalized, and most of them, they are farm workers. So yeah. so much of the work they do, it sees now. And yeah. so when they are not growing any crops, they have got no jobs to do. Oh, okay. And so because they are just living in this slum place, mm-hmm. it's not a very good environment mm-hmm. on many different levels because okay. of just the way of life that they end up living. A lot of uh, yeah, prostitution, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, drunkenness, a lot of different things mm-hmm. that are just not upbringing in many levels. Right. And so when we started, we started with the kids and the kids don't have any infrastructure for playgrounds or anything that yeah. recreationally that they can help them as well. So when we started this uh, children's ministry, it was like a dose of fresh air for oh. most of the kids. So every Saturday we would go there and have something with the kids in the morning. I think we started with almost 10 or 15 kids. But then in the end it grew up to almost 300, 400 kids. Oh my so gosh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Vimbai, can you tell me about one of those kids or youth? Do you remember like one that comes to your mind that you saw impact? Yeah, it was very sad, especially, I think, uh, growing up in such an environment, it's so much challenging. And also, South Africa, known as most like a fatherless nation, uh, most of the child, of the kids, when we arrive in that area Saturday mornings, that's where Sunday school uh, started around at 8 a.m., we'll find them already waiting for us. Wow. They get under the tree. And you could see a small child is uh, seven years old carrying a little baby. And if you ask, where's the mother? I don't know, maybe slept in the beer hall or something like mm. that. So they couldn't wait to actually hand us over the, that baby so that they could play around with others. Yeah. So that much really impacted me so much. And it was very, very sad. But through it's because of the brokenness uh from their parents' divorces and things mm-hmm. like that, which mm-hmm. leads to kind of these things. So sometimes with little resources which we have on our own, that led us to kind of, even if we're going to those kind of ministries, thinking of buying little groceries for them, because one way or another we find about two or three kids who are so much in need mm. of things like that. So that ministered so much to us. Right. Yeah. Right. That even when we left South Africa, it was so much heavy on us. It was hard to leave. That what mm. can we do with those kids? Ah, yeah. There's, yeah. There was a time when we actually did not go back, especially with the youth groups, to go back in those slums areas. But they had to make an effort to travel all the, f- it was about how many minutes? About five minutes or so by car. Okay. But they could walk coming to our base to look for us and wanting to know why we're no longer coming oh. and things like that. So the time when we said goodbye to South Africa, it was so hard and difficult for right. them. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you then your time is coming to an end. Yeah, God is showing, to... making it clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then he makes it clear what? Or doesn't so, make it clear. Yeah, he, ma- yeah, he makes it clear <laughs> in that. But I think also looking into that as well, yeah. I think – Sometimes we undermine simple things because mm. probably if you're coming from a place of privilege and mm-hmm. you have access and means to many things, I think sometimes we don't see how to count the God's blessings because we just take it like we deserve it. It's our right. Mm. But I think being part of working in those slums opened our eyes to a lot of things Okay, where God taught us also not to assume things about people okay. but to really enter into people's stories and to understand their struggles, but also the things that form them and shape them in terms of how they are living, the way they are living. Mm. Because you can just see things on, the, on just as first impression, and then you walk away with a conclusion. Right. But I think once you get into the underpinnings of why the people have become the way they are, mm-hmm. then I think you are, getting, you are tapping more into God's heart for those people. And I think for us, that was also the whole process. Like, I think to the most, I think we also have, like, 
three or four of those young people of the youth group who ended up being able to go to university. Wow. And th th their heart was, we want to continue doing what you guys have done to mm -hmm. us for our other small kids in, the, in, our, in our slums as well. Mm -hmm. Because wow. we can see that it's possible for us to take the next step and have a brighter future. It's not where you are coming from that defines where you are going. Mm, yeah. And so because we could model that and we could really invest in their own lives and sacrifice, that also really spoke into their hearts as well to say, if someone who is foreigner who doesn't have any relational connection to us can right. come and, and, and spend and pour his lives or their lives into our lives this way, how much more can we be that for, our, for ourselves as well yeah. and for our people? And so some of them, I think two of them, we're still in touch with them. They yeah. sometimes on Facebook, they're more connected with Vimbai. Yeah. yeah. But now they've graduated in university. Wow. And yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Probably they're thinking of starting some things there as well to uplift some of the other younger people in their, in their community, which right. I think that's a huge blessing. Yeah, that is a huge blessing. Yeah. So when you, um, when you looked at those children or when mm. you heard some of their stories and mm. what sort of things like opened your heart up that you remember them, just their experiences and understanding? Yeah, I think from that as well, yeah. that's also then connecting to even our initiative in Zimbabwe with, with agro-health initiatives. Okay. It was actually birthed out of that experience. Okay. Being able to recognize that even in the worst case and situations people can find themselves in, God's redemptive plan is still present. And God can raise people from the mud and lift them up, yeah. irrespective of where they're coming from, irrespective of lack of resources. Yeah. But I think it's just being able to pour out the heart of the Father into them that can really change a mindset, but also give people a sense of hope to dream and to, ex mm. to have an expectation of a brighter future, irrespective of where they are at. Yeah. And so that in itself awakened us as well to say, this is something that God is leading us into. This is something that God is wanting to lead us into and to direct us into. And so then we started this whole initiative in Zimbabwe. Yeah, please tell us about it. I mean, when did you start it? Like soon after or recently? So, or? you know, that's also almost now nine years, I think since 2011. Okay. Before we, we moved here. Mm -hmm. But we have been doing a, a small, small, some small trips to Zimbabwe before that. Okay. But I think at, at a later point, because also our country was going through some difficult economics challenges on many different levels. Can you, can you just give us a little background on Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe, most mm -hmm. of us uh, know nothing. Can you tell us a little background? Yeah, there's just a whole historical piece to that as well. But I think in okay. the last 20 years, economic-wise, we have not been quite, yeah, doing very well as a, as a, as a, as a country, okay. which has made life difficult on many different levels. Right. And so people have been struggling. And so we would take, do some missional trips, buy some groceries, and then visit people in the villages and just bless them mm. with whatever we could as mm. well. And so then with that, we just felt God challenging us that we need to set up something on the ground there yeah. as a statement of also saying the kingdom of God can break into any situation and any circumstance. And we can see opportunity of God reaching out to people irrespective of how economic things can be. Mm -hmm. But can we be the answer that God wants to bring into people's lives right. even though things are not working the way they're supposed to? And so instead of complaining, we felt God saying, can you be the answer mm. on whatever level you can be to someone else? You don't have to be the answer for everything, yeah. but, but you can also touch a few lives. Right. And you can also lift up a few individuals. And that's a huge right in the kingdom of God already. Right. And so that's how we started. But then as we continue to do that, we felt like God was saying we need to build our roots much more deeper okay. within this whole community development uh, initiative that we started which we are focusing more on agriculture, healthcare, and education. But lately we've been focusing more on agriculture because it's the mainstay of our economy. And a lot of people have got small little plots which they can grow crops to, to earn a living out of that. So what are you doing there? I mean, what are you – how are you helping? Who are you helping? This is awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So well, our, our, our heart is to really look into the whole area of research – but also looking, okay, within the means that we have in terms of our agricultural uh, processes, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that we can develop that can help m maximize our production? Okay. But also how can we capacitate our people, not so much looking in terms of, because sometimes inputs can be very expensive, mm -hmm. but sometimes you can be creative around what you have to be able to produce more. Yeah. So we're also trying to figure out a way to which we can set up models 
that are within the means and reach of people that they don't have to think, oh, I need to have these big things to be mm. able to, to make it, but you can have these simple things and develop and grow out of that. So we also recognize it's also a mindset shift because sometimes if there's not an understanding frame to how to do things, yeah. and people are always default to what they know, even though it might be counterproductive. Yeah. So we also recognize a shift in mindset is very helpful because it helps people see things differently, but also begin to say, okay, if we work things this way, and begin to see the fruits that comes out of that, it can yeah. also then begin to grow and influence other people on many different levels as well. So we're doing small little steps in that. And so that's also part of why we moved to Europe, was also to be in a more strategic place to continue to network and to build relationships because we need to raise more resources financially sure. or otherwise to be able to set up the infrastructure in a way that it can be a blessing to many people. Right. Okay. And I just want to tell our people right mm-hmm. now, um, you can email me, steve at verybold.com, and I can get you to Vimbai and Elisha, mm-hmm. get you their information so you can talk directly to them. But maybe God is stirring on your heart if you're uh, listening or watching, and maybe God is calling you to be a part of this. And you know how this works. Do you understand, like, any even small gift makes a difference. Even sometimes just a small gift just means just that affirmation from God that God is up to something. So you may be thinking, as Americans, we just think, I can't give $100. I can't give $1,000. Uh, and so we don't give anything at all. But if you give even $5, you're sending them, you're saying, hey, we're with you. And I understand someone's watching or listening and you're like, I can't give a thousand, but I can give a hundred or whatever. This is just an invitation, an opportunity for you to get along, get on board with something that God is already doing mm-hmm. really good. He calls us to go. He knows that we're supposed to go into the world. And uh, this is an opportunity to be a part of that. So I just want to encourage you. It doesn't take a hundred of you to respond. It could just mm-hmm. be one or two or whatever God puts on your heart to, uh, to respond. But this is an invitation to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this about, because uh, I don't understand all the particulars of what mm-hmm. that looks like, but, but tell me about uh, a person that you've been able to see some impact in mm-hmm. Zimbabwe because you're helping resource them to mm-hmm. do farming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example? So currently the strategy to which we have decided to set up this infrastructure yeah. was – because I think when I look at internationally in terms of donor funding and how even people in the U.S. or in, West, in the West have been funding most initiatives in Africa, yeah. I think much of a high percentage of that has gone to West because there's not an understanding of the local uh, infrastructure in terms of who are these people, what makes their life tick. Yeah. And so instead of just bringing our ideas of what we think people need, uh-huh. Let's let's engage with them. Yeah. And identify what they really need within their own means. Then then once you support that, you know the chances are high that that can be sustainable. Yeah. And so I think there are a lot of models that people have brought that are not tailor made for that particular environment yeah. set up, which after people have come and gone, nobody knows how to keep that going. Yeah. And so one of one of our one of our desire is to not just to say hey give us money, give us this, okay. but saying, hey, how can we partner w- together within the resources that we have that we can be able to help our people set up an infrastructure that is more looking into, which is sustainable and not continually dependent. Right. And so one okay. of the things we are doing with uh, the, the, the piece of property that we have is to develop an infrastructure where it becomes a production center. But what we want to set up there is to that we don't just – Say to people, we want you to be self-sustainable, but how can we model self-sustainability within what we are inviting them into? How, how can we set up a model that can reflect what we say and not just in principle? Right. And so what we are desiring is to set up that infrastructure where we can now set up research models okay. within the means and the needs that are tailor-made for the specific situations that the people are in. And through that, they can come to that place, get training, yeah. But also we're also wanting to set up to set it up that it, it also becomes income generation. So it's not just dependent, right. but over time it can sustain its own activities. Right. And so then with our donations that come, it's more a partnership okay. to add on to what is already there than to completely say we've got nothing. Right. So we also want to be more interdependent and not dependent. Okay, I see. And so once we set up that infrastructure, 
So one of the steps we decided to do now was like instead of just taking resources to the people, let's first set up this production center so we can model. We can have a place mm. where we model things so that way then people can come and learn and take that and multiply that in their own places. And if they come through some challenges or difficulties, we have a team on the ground that is continually researching mm. and finding other new ways to which people can continue to develop themselves. So there's an ongoing pouring into right. the communities continually and not just this uh, long intervals where you come and you give resources and then you go away and then things collapse and then you come back again right. and like you are reinventing the wheel. Right. But we want to move people from one step to the next step. Right. Oh man, that's cool. Vimbai, what, uh, what excites you about this, uh, this whole thing God is calling you to? Yeah, to see our people at least getting empowered. Yeah. Yeah, that they are able to sustain themselves but not to continue relying on donor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We hope that uh, that will be a continuity. There will be a continuity in their lives. Right. Yeah, and that will make a change. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, so I believe in the holistic gospel uh-huh. where God is not just trying to awaken our spiritual muscles, mm-hmm. whereas we are hungry. And so the question for us is, what is good news to a person who is hungry? Mm-hmm. What is good news to a person who is sick? And mm. can what we do in terms of the creative purposes of God address some of those areas? And if we could be able to help people become more healthy, be able to feed themselves, what can that also do and contribute towards our economy and the building up of our nation? Yeah. So I think even spiritually, when people begin to understand the blessing of God within its totality and not just the small little fragments, right. what will that do in terms of people's mindset? So we really want to have the holistic gospel where people, where God addresses every aspect of the person and not just one part of right. it. Because if people are going spiritually and then they're going back home and they're hungry and they don't know how to feed their kids, right. then the testimony of our witness of a God who is good becomes compromised. It's because good. it's kind of like, how can we be a witness to non-believers then? They'll say, well, if your God keeps you hungry, I don't want that kind of God. Right. But I believe God wants to bless us holistically. So how can we also bring that message in a way that it touches all aspects of, of the human frame, that spiritually people are maturing, but they're also physically healthy, they're right. able to provide food, they're able to do everything that they need yeah. to do in life to make it. And so that's the approach we want to, to really push for within our initiatives. Well, that's really cool. I mean, so God has taken you outside of Zimbabwe, but mm-hmm. he's called you back to Zimbabwe to, to impact. To, to impact that. So yeah. we feel by God taking us, we are learning a lot. We are observing. We are meeting different people. So God is opening our, or expanding our understanding of life and how to do things. Yeah. And so it's not just for us, for ourselves, but it's also how can we be that channel of this blessing we are receiving so that others who cannot be able to have the privilege we have to travel they can also receive that blessing. Right. So we don't just see us as advantaged for ourselves. Right. But we feel like God has advantaged us as Abraham to be blessed so that we can be also a blessing for others. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about Zimbabwe before we talk about what God is calling you with your mm-hmm. new next step with uh, Youth With Mission with YWAM? Is there anything else about Zimbabwe? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a lot we can talk about. But I think if people are interested and they want to connect more and to hear more in details, I think they can, if they contact you, and then we can find ways okay. to, to communicate that. But I okay. think for now, that's okay. That's okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about uh, what God has got with you, with Youth with a Mission. What, what is the name of the town that you guys are? So we are moving to Anem. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So tell us about what God is doing there. How's God opened these doors? What does this so mean? So that's, uh, that's happened in May also. Actually, we have been part of Amsterdam base yeah. while, while we are Amsterdam base for the past nine years. Yeah, kind of jumped over that. So mm-hmm. I kind of can you summarize those nine years for yeah, yeah. us? Yeah. So we moved to Amsterdam in 2011. Yeah. And so we have been part of the ministry there for the last um, nine years now. Yeah. And so we have been serving in different areas as well. And um, my wife has been helping. Oh, she can speak for herself anyway. She's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we came in, I was I, I helped be I was the building manager for one of our buildings. Okay. Because there was no one who was doing that, so I did that for pretty much almost five five years. Yeah. And then after that, I was also I also got involved with the leadership team for a while, okay. and then also later on stepped out of that. 
And then I got then involved with the evangelism ministry where we are focusing more on how can we how can we yeah, continue to impact the city and how can we continue to preach the gospel to the people in the city. Okay. So then I became involved with that. And then through that as well, I felt God leading me more into, into research, trying to discover, okay, are the conventional ways of reaching out that we are using right now helpful? Yeah. Or we need, we need to rethink the way we are reaching out to people with where they are at right now to be able to tap in or to build the connection that is necessary. And so that's something I've been very much curious and interested to, to research and to find out and to discover. Right. So the last four years, that has been a bit of be a bigger chunk of my time trying to just investigate that. Yeah, and you love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Vimbai, how about how do you summarize those nine years? Uh, I think uh, they were difficult, but uh, being trained for the bigger picture, which mm. is uh, what's happening now, yeah. that God uh, has been preparing us uh, mm. for our ministry as well. So we're thankful of those nine years. Yeah. Though I started being a uh, I started working with the accounting department, and then after that, at the same time, I coordinated housing as well Yeah. for everyone in the base, staffs and the guests, which was a good challenge. <laughs> and also, I worked as the registrar for Europe, which is, um, I'm still doing that. Wow. Yeah, registering our students, our courses, everything which is happening within the University of the Nations. That sounds huge. So I cover <laughs> the whole Europe region. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so to see that everything is being channeled properly. Okay. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, so how did this tell us about the, the next opportunity? So the next step, then we got an invitation from one of the couples who pioneered the work in that city, Anem. And so they are also in their, I think, late 70s. So they want to retire and step yeah. out. And so they were looking for some people who could step in and take on that ministry and continue to give new vision and direction for the coming years. Yeah. So then they invited us to meet with them and to talk. And they shared their heart and what they've been doing and the foundations that they've been laid. And so that also got us excited because part of what they loved to do is something that resonated with us as well. So we really felt like this, could, this is God leading us into that mm. space. But we're also in a place where we felt like God was wanting us to be in a place where we can, where, where he can expand our wings much more. Okay. And position, okay. Us, position us in a place where we can be able to do more that we sense and feel he wants us to do. Okay. So we also felt like this was an invitation in an open space. God oh, nice. is offering us to step into that we can start dreaming and pioneering and just setting up a whole new way of doing ministry as, wow. we, as we feel led by God to do. Okay, real quickly, what was, what was sort of the heart that resonated with you guys? So what resonates with us as well is I think the most important thing is when you're looking at uh, missions, but also how it connects to the local church. Okay. And so as a part of church movement, our heart is to be completely connected with the local church because we are called to serve the local church as, as well as being the extension of the local church into other areas right. where people who are in the secular world and part of the local church cannot have time to do. So we feel like as a part of church, we are an extension for what God wants to do because then we are committed to do the work. Yeah. And so what this couple has been doing was also laying the foundation, a good network with the local church in that area which we feel is a huge blessing that we don't have to start going yeah. there again as people from Africa into a new setup and trying to introduce ourselves. Right. They can, so we feel God already has set that stage for us. Right. And so we can just go in there, get connected, meet with people, and they can introduce us and already right. have those relationships established. And then we can then prayerfully discern what God is leading us to partner with what he's doing in that city and how we as well can come alongside to support what God is doing within the different initiatives that he wants us to do. Okay, and it seems like a lot. It's a God, lot. You've, your, your vision has been it's growing. It's growing, it's been growing, yeah, yeah. How do you try to summarize your some of the things that you're hoping to do? A few things, because I'm mm. sure the list is mm. very long and the vision is very big, but mm. how do you summarize... You know, in 10 years, as you look back and you'll say, you know, I'm really glad that we were able to do what? I think what excites me more is just the whole understanding of the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and what it really means, not just within the context of the institution of church, mm -hmm. but how it pours into all the different areas of people's livelihoods. Because we don't spend our, most of our lives in church. 
Right. We spend our lives out there in the world. Right. And God is calling us to be the salt and the light in the world. So mm-hmm. being church is not just being in the walls of a building. Right. Being church is doing the life that God has called us to live by in the world. Right. Where others can be able to be influenced by that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's through that an invitation to also desire what is it that makes your life tick. Mm-hmm. It's, that question happens out there in the world. And so that's been also the big question for me because I think to the most, a lot of people struggle to keep up their faith in the, in the secular world because also the secular world is not open for anything that has to do with faith and religion in some, in some instances. Right. Especially within the context of Europe. I think people are very much closed. And so the whole spiritual, spirituality is more a private thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a language of the marketplace. Right. And so, but then how can we tap into that more and how can we have a new language to which we can bring spirituality within the workplace in a way that even non-believers can be able to see the value of it? Yeah. So we feel like the whole area of vocation, but also the whole area of just living out our faith in the ordinariness of every day right. is very important because now it makes us be the church that God wants us to be. Right. And so that's something yeah. we are also looking into to say how can we facilitate for people to thrive wherever they are at yeah i like that a mm-hmm. lot yeah that's good mm-hmm. all right then by what uh what are you excited about i love what you're talking about mm-hmm. i love what you're talking about uh what are you excited about with this new sort of god creating this open space uh i think at the moment uh, i'm so much expectant to see what god is uh uh, leading us into okay. so I'm looking forward to much of uh, seeking and waiting and uh, okay showing us really the bigger picture mm. where he wants us yeah is it going to be hard to move when does this take place uh, it's actually for the end of this month. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Around the corner, it's taking place already. It's taking okay. place already. How can we be praying for you in this time? And we'll we'll bring the show to a close in mm-hmm. just a minute here. Or so, okay. but um, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, just to be praying for God to bring around us people who can support, mm-hmm. whether financially, prayer, and any way that allows for us to be able to do the work that God has called us to do. We cannot do it on our own. Right. We also need the body of Christ and different people to stand with us in whatever way they can right. to be able to do that. So that's also a big prayer point yeah. for us to be able yeah, to see God's provision come through. Okay. All right. Vimbai, anything that comes to your mind, a little different prayer that we can be praying? Now, uh, also perhaps as God's speaking or directing us, uh, to send those who are really called by him to come and partner with us. Okay. We still have to have a team with us okay. on the ground as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be so, praying for that as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just, uh, I really like what you're talking about as far as just the church is not Sunday. And that's mm-hmm. a very, I mean, at least Western American <laughs> sort of uh, feeling of just church is Sunday and the walls mm-hmm. within and I, I've, you know, I've heard preachers over the years say stuff like your God is too small. You know, mm. you're, you don't have enough faith. But I think mm. today I'm just thinking, you know, your church is too small. If you're thinking that church is just where you are, mm. where you go on Sunday morning, I mean, then your church is too small. I don't care if it's the biggest church in San Antonio <laughs> or New Braunfels. It's about where you are today and mm. where you are tonight and wherever you are, you are the salt and you are the light mm. and you have this hope. And if that's at work, if that's in the neighborhood, if that's on your soccer team, if that's on your dance team, wherever it is, mm. that's church. Mm. Uh, and I know the scripture says where two or three are gathered, Jesus is right there. But yeah. wherever you are, he also said you are the light of the world. Mm. Wherever you are, he has called you to be that light. Amen. And we are not to hide that light. And sometimes that scares you a little bit, you know, because what am I supposed to go and preach? Well, go and love and go and serve. And if you go and love and you go and serve and you go encourage, then you're going to have the ability to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But that is sharing good news right there. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to remind uh, my listeners and my viewers, we do have such a hope, mm-hmm. an incredible living hope. And there are times when you have built those relationships. That's the other things that we do. Sometimes we build those relationships, but then we struggle to help those people understand that 
there is real truth and real hope and real life in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage some of you that are listening or watching today to be listening for the voice of God because there is an opportunity coming that you can share that very truth that someone needs to hear today. And you have earned the right to speak that truth into their life because you have loved and you have served and you have encouraged. Mm-hmm. And so I just remind you and encourage you know our scripture, founding scripture of, of Very Bold Ministries is Second Corinthians 3.12, recognizing, do you realize what a hope that we have? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. But uh, I remind you to be very bold, but I just want to give uh, Elisha one more turn, just if there's anything you want to encourage our listeners before we do sign off. Yeah. I think the most important thing is we serve a God who had an original plan and an original intention for humanity from the beginning. And I think the more we understand the story of God from the beginning as to what we are mandated as human beings to live and what God has given in our custody as it pertains to this whole beautiful planet that we are struggling in many different ways to, to keep it and to sustain it. But I believe the more we tap into God's heart, who is the originator of it, mm. we are able to know what our response and responsibility should be. And I think even our understanding of church within the context of God's original mandate blows the picture much more bigger than what we have assumed it to be. Yeah. Because God wanted us to fill the whole earth with his glory. Yeah. And mm. so if we understand his heart from the beginning and we contend for that, I believe he's far much more willing to give us that heritage because he intended intended for it to be for us from the beginning. Right. But then we have to partner with him because he's the ultimate source for everything that we can become. And so we should not put limits on ourselves, but we should trust and hope and know that our God is much more bigger. Yeah. And he has always good things for us. And so let's just step into that and trust and hope and pray and hold on to, but also step out and make the difference that God has called us to be. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. That is Elisha and Vimbai Nyawanda. Oh, man. I can't even do it this time. I practiced a lot. Say it again, your last name. Nyandoro. Nyandoro. Yeah, go. Texan way. Texan way. <laughs> My wife is even laughing, so I know I missed it bad. But, uh, man, blessings upon you guys. Thank you so much uh, for being here and being with oh, us. Thank and you again, for having us also. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for uh, blessing Samantha. Thank you for um, you know blessing my son David just by recognizing that he's a chill guy. <laughs> just as he recognized, very funny, David uh, met Elisha and Vimbai, and David told us, uh, yeah, he's he's a chill guy in the most positive way. And then yesterday, that's what Elisha said independently about David. He's a chill guy. <laughs> and we just laughed. So uh, anyway, I just want to also bless you, our listeners and our viewers. Thank you for tuning in to Very Bold each and every week. And um, you can email me, steve at verybold.com, steve at verybold.com. If you have, uh, you want me to connect you with Elisha and Vimbai, if you just have a word of encouragement or a word, um, just a prayer request that you have, I'm honored to pray for you and uh, would love to hear from you. So steve at verybold.com. We love you. We are praying for you. Even if you don't send a request, we are praying that God is drawing you closer to him, but God also that light is growing in you and that you just can't contain it as you go out into the world. Uh, God wants to bless and be a blessing through you. So love you guys uh, for now. Just God bless you, and we will see you and talk to you next week. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Steve at VeryBold.com